Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning. It is the best day of the week. It's a Thursday. Congratulations to you and you, everybody in the chatty house, everybody listening on ESPN 1320. Maybe you're checking out the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, which if it's not in your phone now, go get it. And you can listen to us. Check out ESPN 1320 on there. You favorite that. And then when you open the app, you just uh, click 1320 to be right there. And you can listen to us. That way, if you're not near a computer or on YouTube or you're not on your radio, you can still catch the insiders. That's James. I'm Kyle. And they're the Sacramento Kings, and they lost 117-96 to last night in Denver. And we'll get to it. But it's a leap day. It's a leap day. It's also, I think we should call this Matchy Thursday. Okay. Every Thursday, we, we just have to wear matching colors. Okay. This is just on accident. It is on accident, the, but the worst we keep part doing is, things. The worst part is, yeah, we're wearing basically the same color uh, sweater. You're wearing like a blue shirt that is the exact color of the blue shirt that I was going to wear. And that would have just been a really tough scene. Mine isn't Captain Crunch, but it it was that exact, exact color. The good captain. That would have been a tough look. Um, not necessarily a tough look. I think it would have been a good look for me because you're like a distinguished put together guy. And so if I, <laughs> if I am presenting as that I'm doing, I'm doing okay. No, it's a leap. It, it's a, it is a leap year. So it's February yep. 29th. We only get one of these every four years, except for on the century. Exactly. Unless the century is divisible by 400. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 1900 was supposed to be a leap year, but it was not. Oh. 2000 was a leap year because 2000 is divisible by 400. Oh, yes, of course. 21, 22, 23 will not be. 24 will be. All right. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. You're welcome. You're welcome. Shout out to the Gregorian calendar, which is the one, the one typically used. Um, two things about this day. Okay. And we'll get to King's Nuggets here shortly. Tyrese Halliburton turned six years old today. Congratulations! A big congrats! A big congrats to Tyrese Halliburton on uh, on his sixth birthday. Where are my hotkeys? There they are. Congratulations, to Tyrese Halliburton. 
Sacramento Kings legend. Six years old today. He's finishing up that first year at kindergarten. You know what? <laughs> you know what I think? People go, what do you do if you're born on February 29th? How do you celebrate your birthday? The day after February 28th. Or the day Just, before. No. Well, you could do 28th or you could do no, the first. No, you cannot. You can't? You cannot. Because <laughs> you were not born on February 28th. Okay. You were born the day after. All right. Every four years, that's the 29th. All the other years, it's Just the March day 1. after. It's just the day after. It's March 1st. Wow, it's already March. I know. Almost. What is happening, Kyle? I don't know. It's, it's been crazy. going by really fast. The other good news about uh, leap year is that no takes count today. Mm. Your takes don't count. Get them all out. Hot takes. If you're even, if you're even like, like you've thought of something <laughs> as a as a take, but you're like, no, nah, it doesn't really make sense. Spit it out today. Let it fly. Nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. All right. No takes count. No takes count. I brought the flamethrower. All right. Yeah. I'm ready for Kyle's right. hot takes. The king should trade De'Aaron Fox. No. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> uh, one seventeen for the Nuggets. Ninety six for the Sacramento Kings. We will dig into this game. No De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento. It looked good in the first quarter. Sacramento after after one led by seven. Mm. That lead inflated to double digits in the second quarter, and then the wheels fell off. In a horrendous way. Yeah, the Nuggets outscored the Kings thirty-seven to twenty in the second quarter and thirty-five to seventeen in the third quarter. Yeah, they, this kind of felt like you know when you see the video, it's not of like one wheel that's wobbling on the car; it's that car that all four wheels are about to snap off. It's that car. Like the wobble was was legit. It yeah. wasn't like oh oh no, slow down, get off to the side. It's like no, just go straight until they all fall off because you're, you're done. done. You're done. It's done. Like it's over. So here's the thing I want to point out, and we will, like I said, we will dig into this game, but I want to make sure that this is very clear. This is just kind of the Nuggets. This is what they do. Okay. They did this. They've A, they've won four in a row by an average of, I think, 18 and a half points since the All-Star break. Coming off the heels of losing to the Sacramento Kings the game before the All-Star break. Right. They are just the mowing through teams in the second half. And they just did this to to Golden State a, a few nights ago. Golden State was up 16 in the second quarter, cruising. And then 14 nothing run. I think they opened the second quarter on like a like a 10 to 2 run or something like that, and all of a sudden they just have control again. Mm. And it's over. And I I I my takeaway last night was less about the Kings and more just like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> Denver is is probably still the best team in the West." Yeah, I agree that that that's your takeaway. That that can be your primary takeaway. Mm-hmm. I also think it it exposes some of the weaknesses of the Kings, and mm. whether it's the fact that De'Aaron Fox is out, or yeah, uh, and you don't have someone else who can step up into a natural scorer's mm-hmm. role, or the players that played instead of him that didn't mm. look like they fit with what what's happening. I, I think that there is some takeaways from the Kings, definitely, and you have to be better. I mean, the Kings are three and three this season. When uh, well, they were three and three when De'Aaron Fox is out. So now they're three and four, mm-hmm. and I don't know that if if he was out for a month, that you would stick at five hundred. This is a, to me, it, they would be a sub five hundred team without Fox, and they would be in a lot of trouble. And I, I think we just keep you're hoping that that's not going to be the case that he's not going to miss major time. And, and this isn't like this injury specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was questionable throughout the day. Most people thought he was going to play. The fact that he didn't play uh, just tells you that 
like the knee was super sore. I, I would expect him to be back later this week when they play Minnesota. Um, but at the same time, you know, this team has to figure that out. How do you survive yeah. if De'Aaron Fox isn't there? Yeah, and you. so that's to, to zoom this into the Kings. Yeah, the Nuggets are, are really, really good. But the Kings are not, what did, what did I say, 37 to, to 72 was the second and third quarters? Oh. Is that right? 72-37. Yeah, 72-37. What is that, 35 point? Yes. Oof. In 12 minutes of basketball. I'm sorry, 24 minutes of basketball. Hmm. That is where your point comes in for me. The Nuggets are, are really, really good, and they took that game and just very methodically took a double-digit deficit and turned it into a double-digit lead before you could even blink. Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh, wow, look, the Kings, maybe the Kings... I, I was sitting there and I'm thinking in the first quarter and even a little bit into the second quarter, I'm going, man, maybe the Kings are just a tough matchup for these dudes. Maybe that's just what this is. And this is going to be super impressive. They go into, And then I went upstairs for a minute and I came back down and it's like a tie game. Oh, like, yeah. What the... And that is where the King struggles come in because you should not be, De'Aaron Fox or not, losing 24 minutes of basketball by 35 points to anyone. Yeah. That's really, really bad. And we'll dig into some of that. Um, what? <laughs> Can we talk about Domas real quick and the double double streak? Yeah, we that should. Continued last night. Yeah, we should. We should. Do you, what do you, I guess we have to start here. Because <laughs> what do you think the the actual reason was that Domas went back into that game? Do you really think it was, hey, this game's over, there's half a quarter left, get out there, get your rebound, and we'll get you out? Is that really what you think it was? I have a hard time believing that, that it wasn't. I, I, same here. I, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if, if I'm Mike Brown, and I, I didn't know at the end of the third quarter that he was a rebound shy, mm-hmm. like, I don't think... Domas shouldn't lose his streak because the game just got out. I, I mean, I understand, but the real answer was to leave him in for the first two minutes of the of the fourth. That's it. Go get your rebound. Yes. It's not to pull him and then go, uh-oh, at like five minutes left in the game, you're getting completely blown out. Although, I will say, the Kings had made a couple of runs, and that's what Mike is going to say. Well, we had made a couple of runs. Yeah. And, like, I didn't really think that it was all the way over because, look, we built a lead, we lost a lead, they built a lead, they could lose a lead, all that stuff. Mm. But at the same time... Six minutes left or whatever it was? I was very, very surprised when Sabonis get, got up and walked to the scorer's table. And then Mike had a conversation with him. Very quickly, mm-hmm. had a conversation with him. He goes in, he gets his rebound, and then he gets cut and needs stitches, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why you don't want him in the game. Yeah. You know, God bless Mason Jones, but... Like those things happen. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm okay with the streak getting extended. It's for me, it's almost like, you know, for, for as many times as Cal Ripken went out there and played every single game, mm-hmm. there were a couple of games where he played like a couple of innings and then sat. Mm-hmm. It's not like he did what Lou Gehrig did, which was play every single minute mm-hmm. of every single game, every single pitch of every single game mm-hmm. for for 16 years or whatever it was. Like there were times when when Ripken like sat, but I I guess comparing Ripken's streak to this streak, it, that's not really fair. Yeah, a little. It's it's definitely different. But you you said it. If Domas had started the fourth quarter, 
he gets his rebound or maybe even gets two and he plays a couple of minutes and then they pull and we are not even talking about it. No. We're going, oh well, hey, he got his to me, this is now it's a it's still he's it's incredible, but like he was out for you you took him out of the game. You you punted. Mm-hmm. And then it was like some coach went, Hey, FYI, hey Mike, he's one he needs a he needs a rebound. Yeah. And then you put it back at that. I don't I I don't know. Well, the problem that I have with it is it Domas isn't a stat chaser. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Domas didn't ask. No, and then it becomes like it feeds into the narrative that he he chases stats. Sure. And I don't think that that's what Domas and is. And the bi- the bigger thing for me is when he came back in and it, there's 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 an argument I want to make for putting him back in that I'll that I'll make in a second. But one of the big things against it is like you worry about injury, right? Yeah. We talked about that with Christian McCaffrey this year when the Niners tried to get him his touchdown at the end of the Jags game. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You've had injury problems for years. Years. And you're trying to extend this this touchdown streak that nobody's gonna remember, by the way. This is not a, this is not the kind of streak that people are gonna go, wow. Hey, remember when Christian McCaffrey scored all those touchdowns in a row? Like it just it doesn't it, it doesn't it that didn't make sense because of the injury risk. And that was the big thing for me last night. And then, like you said, he winds up with stitches in the side of his face because of a of an elbow from his own teammate. Yeah. It just kind of underscores like, yeah, hey, there's there's a the risk reward here is I don't think quite there. No, on the other hand, and this leads into something that that will we talked about yesterday and that we are going to continue talking about for the rest of the season. Keegan Murray checked in at that same point. Yes. And maybe there was something to Mike Brown wanting Keegan Murray to get a couple more looks, get a couple more touches, and doing so with Domas. Maybe there was something they wanted to do offensively. They're like, hey, we're going to treat these. We're going to couple possessions we're going to run down and run the offense and try and get Keegan a couple of shots and a couple of looks and doing some things, putting something on tape that we can go back and look at. And then Domas gets an elbow on the side of the head and he's bleeding and has to come out. Well, Kyle, ruin that idea. I think it should also be pointed out that Jamal Murray was still in the game for most of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. while they were just trashing the Kings. Yeah, and so it, they had plenty of they had plenty of starters, plenty of rotational players in the game. Mm-hmm. That's like Denver wasn't letting up. They they wanted to punk the Kings, and it it was pretty clear. And so for me, you know, I I don't know. I watching the broadcast. I'm at, trying to figure out when Jamal Murray came out of the fourth quarter. Probably the five-minute mark remaining. Lord. Yeah, it's Peyton Watson, Christian Braun, Zeke Naji. Zeke Naji can play. They've spent a lot of time developing Zeke. He's one of those guys that, you did know. Mi- did Jamal Murray play the entire fourth quarter? That I don't can't think be so. right. I've got There's it. no way that's right. We have to break while I figure this out. Fourth he, quarter, Jamal Murray, 623. six minutes. Six minutes, okay. So he came out at the 537 mark. By the way. Real quick, we said that because we talked about Jamal Murray yesterday, he was going to go for forty. Yep, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, he was Naturally. he was good, good player. All right, uh, we need to hit a break. When we come back, we got six quick thoughts. Let's dive deep on the Kings' loss to the Denver Nuggets on a leap day. That's James M. Kyle. We're on ESPN thirteen twenty. Sack Ramento's sports leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 916-909-1320. Oh. That's 
1320 if you would like to chat. We're talking King's Nuggets. We're talking leap day, which means your takes don't count today. They don't they don't count. Not that all. not that they they won't be heard and and discussed and and if you have an actual thing you want to you want to say, let us know. Mm-hmm. Like I said at 916-909-1320, uh, also in the chatty house at youtube.com slash ESPN1320 and twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. I would love to hear from you. But we, where was I going? We got to do six quick thoughts. No, I know we got six quick thoughts. I was getting there. I had a way to get there out of what I was going to say, though, and I lost it. So I'm going to punt, and we're just going to go to six quick thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Yeah, here they are. James, number one. Tale of two quarters. Kings look like world beaters in the first quarter, hitting seven to ten from three, taking an eight-point lead. They pushed out to fifteen in the early second, but missed all nine of their three-point attempts and by half trailed by ten. Game over. That was it. Wild turnaround. That was it. Twenty-five point turnaround right there. That was unbelievable display by by Denver, and then mm-hmm. the we we talked about it a lot after after the Miami game. Like where's the punch back, and the Kings just didn't didn't have it last night, and that's where that's that that was that's this is one of those games where it's hard because typically, if this was last year, okay, let's just go, let's just go to last season, and this exact game happened on this date last season, mm-hmm. we'd be going ah, it's the NBA, it's a good team, you didn't have Fox, moving on. But now, because of how this season has gone, that type of turnaround in a game feels like it exposes some deeper problems. Yeah, it's just without Fox's team is different, and yep. and I get it. They they don't have that that extra punch to stop something like that, um, and they do rely too much on the three point shot. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this team is live and die by the three. You, you hit a bunch of them, seven to ten. You miss all the rest in the the next quarter. Game over. Like it, yep. it shouldn't be that way, but it is. It's reality. Yep. Number two. Uh, they let go of the rope. Uh, Ten point lead means nothing in the NBA. That was the deficit going into the third quarter, and then they stopped playing. Uh, Nuggets trash Kings thirty five seventeen and twelve minutes coming out of the break. Again, game over. Yeah, it's the it was the defensive intensity seemed to lack, and this is maybe. Maybe I'm putting too much of that turnaround on Sacramento. And I'm going to sit here and go the defensive intensity lacked. I felt like offensively was was a really strange night for them. Where it felt, especially early, like they didn't do a lot of the dribble handoff stuff. And it was a lot of point guards facilitating with Sabonis like in the high to mid post. Waiting. It was a just kind of an odd game. And... I don't know whether that's something Sacramento was doing or if that's something that like the Nuggets were just better. Like the Nuggets are just really good and Sacramento just didn't have any answers. Hmm. I think it's interesting because the Kings had already beat them three times. Yeah. So they had answers before. You had a game plan that worked. And I think within the game plan, they they missed on something. There's something that they there was a flaw to what they're doing. And part of it is you didn't hit shots, but there's there's other reasons as well. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I guess the second quarter they're over ten. My bad, I uh, I missed one. Um, but I I think the interesting thing about the over ten, Kyle, 
mm-hmm. is that Alex Len was one of the nine players who played. He's the only one that didn't miss a three in the second quarter. Wow. Like Harrison Barnes, over one. Keegan <laughs> Murray, nuts. over one. Demonis Sabonis, over one. Kevin Herter, over two. Davion Mitchell, over one. Malik Monk, over one. Chris Duarte, over two. And Trey Lyles, over one. That's that's wild. And to to your point, you if you're going to be a live by the team, live by the three, die by the three team, you're just mm-hmm. never going to be what the Kings want to be. You have to have counters. Yeah. You have to have something different. And and they didn't last night. Number three. Uh, number three with De'Aaron Fox sideline was sore knee. Kings needed someone to step up. Keegan Murray accepted the challenge early, but then went dormant. He came back in in the fourth quarter and actually put up uh, some solid points. He he finished with twenty one points on nine of seventeen shooting, and added four rebounds. I thought he was good, but again, like I needed more, 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 and I feel like that game specifically. He really had to lock in. He was locked in on Michael Porter uh, Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. and played really well defensively against. I thought mm-hmm. he played well defensively against Porter. Yeah. Um. But it also felt like it kind of took away from what he was doing, and the Kings went away from him, which is something that they do, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Um. But that's what they did. Keegan Murray, first quarter, four of eight from the field, three of four from three in ten minutes. In almost 10 minutes in the second quarter, four field goal attempts, one three. Yeah. Third quarter, one field goal attempt, it was a three. And then you mentioned the fourth quarter, four field goal attempts, and and one of them was a three in four minutes. Now, part of this, this Kyle, is that you weren't getting the paint touches cause, because Fox isn't there. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, no doubt. But they ran the first play of the game. It looked like a set play for Murray mm-hmm. with a open three, top of the key, buries it. And then what happened on the second play? Second play, Harrison Barnes gets it in the corner, puts it on the deck, ISO against Aaron Gordon, misses a shot. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, just not, I, I can't imagine that's what they wanted to do. I can't, that was wild. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm never, I, I, like, I don't believe that Harrison Barnes is a selfish player. <laughs> no. But if the second play of the game, if we're scripting out the, the first 10 plays or whatever, like an NFL game, the second play could not have been an ISO one-on-one Dude. Harrison Barnes against Aaron Gordon. Like maybe it was. I I don't like, know. Like I, Mike Brown told the team, like he's looking at Keegan, but he's talking to the team. He's like, "We need more tonight. No, De'Aaron. We need we need more from everybody. Everybody needs to step up." And he's like looking at Keegan, and everybody's like, "I get it." And Harrison's like, "Yeah, I got it. I'm on it, Coach. It's me. It's me tonight. I got you." And that's not. I know that's not uh, what happened. That's no. just what it looked like in that second possession. Uh, number four. The streak continues. Demonis Monis nearly failed to record a double double for the first time. It's November 29th. That's the date. It's I went a long time, dude. November. And the crazy thing is, he's now at 41. He's at half a season, half Man. a season straight. That's crazy. Uh, finished with 13 points, 10 rebounds, and he had seven assists. My numbers are all over the board from last night. Uh, to be honest, like I, I was with the rest of you. We all disengaged and didn't want to be there and watching it. And, <laughs> and I'm the one who took the bullet for all of you. I stayed until the end. Most of you didn't even know Demonis Sabonis came back in the game, but I did. I had to stay till the end. I did too. Yes. We were in there. The insiders got you. Yeah, we were texting back and forth the whole game. Yeah. It was it's fun. Like, um, I don't I don't know. It feels icky. I'm going to be honest. Takes don't count today, so I'm just going to say it. feels icky. I'm with you. It's like, mm. no. But ultimately, like, this is the whole thing, right? 
so the the streak is 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 what it is. Let's say it stopped today. He's going to have a bunch more at the end of the by the end of the year. Well, the next streak like the, would start on Friday. Right, tomorrow, right. So yeah, that that's like okay. The streak continued, but even if it hadn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't that doesn't make what he's done this year any less impressive. Which is why I was a little bit surprised he came back into the game. Alas, um, he did. The streak continues, and we will continue uh, discussing that moving forward. Number five, we got to blow through these. Malik Monk, uh, Malik Monk needed to carry the scoring load with Fox out. He looked solid early, but like the rest of the squad, he couldn't buy a bucket. Uh, finished 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Shot just 6 of 17 from the field. Not great. Not a, again, he's really struggling with the three ball, uh, although he, he did shoot 2 for 5 in this game. Um, but, yeah, he, he just hasn't looked like himself for a little bit. Yeah, strange, strange vibe. Like 14, 5, and 5 with a steal from your sixth man, you will take that. Yeah. But it just, he's not, there's a spark that he provides when he's at his best that just doesn't seem to be there right now. Well, that in his number, uh, like the five assist number, he has more five assist num- uh, games than any reserve in the NBA. Like yeah. what he does as a secondary guy is pretty impressive. Yeah, NBC showed this stat last night that he last year set the record for assists by a Kings bench player. Mm-hmm. And he has already surpassed that number this year. Oh, he's tied it. Yeah, that's oh, right. T- oh, he's tied it. He tied oh, okay. it in that game. He tied it. Wow. Yeah. Man. No, nice. that's that's crazy, isn't it? Nuts. Number six. Uh, number six. Uh, showed something. Chris Warte is trying to earn minutes. Uh, he got hit in the eye in the first half, and I may or may not have asked for him to play the second half with an eye patch. You did. That was my hot take. Yeah. Um, eighteen points, seven to fourteen shooting, four makes from deep. He was impactful in the sea, in a, a sea of ineptitude. Yeah. Um, and that's what Mike Brown always preaches. Like, mm-hmm. go out there, like, just because it's the game's over doesn't mean you stop playing. Yes. Like, you go out there and you show me something. And I thought Chris Forte, he scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he played hard for 48 minutes. Yeah. And it, it, on some level, when we talk about this team, like, that matters. Mm-hmm. Whether Chris Duarte should start or have a big role, I don't, I don't know. But that he played hard for 48 minutes last night, uh, that sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. Shout two, out to Chris Duarte. Two blocks, two steals. Like, yeah. he he was impactful. Yeah. All right. That's it for Six Quick Thoughts. Um, Keegan Watch. We talked a lot about Keegan Murray yesterday. Uh, Mike Brown listens to the show. Yeah, clearly. That's what, that's what we're going with. We'll tell you why next on The Insiders. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. And we got Keegan Watch. We'll tell you why Mike Brown listens to the insiders. Or why we think he listens. Gotta at least give away a Jiffy Lube uh, $100 gift certificate yeah, we as well. Pay. Oh, this is our last day to qualify to win the jersey in February, too. Oh. Oh, boy. Well, All of you guys should up be for rushing you? in. We will have the Jiffy Lube Fast Break player of the game and a key word for you coming up in a bit. When you enter, you enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate and... You will enter to win a Sacramento Kings jersey courtesy of Jiffy Lube. That's right. So we'll have that for you coming up in a bit. Before we get to the important stuff, though, I have something more important than any of that. Okay. A Twitter user yesterday, I'm finding the tweet right now, but a Twitter user yesterday, um, a man named Dylan Powell, okay, who appears to just... Put things out like engagement bait. Oh. And he gets me all the time. Said, name an athlete who, if you heard they survived an unarmed encounter with a grizzly bear, wouldn't surprise you. Mm. And so you saw a lot of like, um, you saw a lot of like Jason Kelsey. You saw a lot of um, Mercedes Lewis was one of the ones I saw in there. Is that like Steven Adams? A lot of a lot of guys like that. James Johnson. James Johnson, another good one. He's a like He's a dangerous dude. Third degree black belt. His nickname is Bloodsport. Is it? Incredible nickname. That is incredible. So that yeah, James Johnson's a great, great one. film. Great film, everyone. Bloodsport. Um this uh this person I follow on the internet named Scott uh, Karasik. Shout out to Scott. Big Falcons guy. Quote tweets Dylan Powell's tweet and says, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Because ain't no way a grizzly bear chasing that dude down after he starts sprinting away. Scott! (laughs) The disrespect of the grizzly bear in this tweet is, uh, you know, I can't even, I'm going to let Monty Williams say it for me. An abomination. Thank you. It's ridiculous and we're tired. I am tired of the grizzly disrespect from Scott. Ain't no way a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear would catch Tyreek Hill jogging. Mm. It just is like, not even, just like the big trot. Like yeah, but not dude, even full blown grizzly, sprint. No, a grizzly no a grizzly bear is not it's not a like a wild dog. Wild dogs are, are gnarly. They're not like running around and chasing wildebeest for, you know, miles. Yeah. It's not like that. But a grizzly bear, thirty to thirty five miles an hour, top speed for up to a hundred yards. That's a burst. That is moving. Yeah, that's moving. You got an NFL player. You got a fast NFL player. They're going 22, 23, and that's like, wow. This guy made a mistake. He just didn't know his grizzly bears. He had no idea. He talked trash about that grizzly bear. (laughs) 
<laughs> whatever like grizzly. Like Tyree Killer, he's just gonna run away. Yeah, try and run away from a bear that wants to kill you, bro. Yeah, you're better I, off pounding pots and pans and getting big and yelling back. That's right. That's right. That's like, I, don't try and run. Are you like, nuts? I wonder. I wonder if he believes that Michael Phelps could outrun, uh, could outswim Shark. He's like, I saw it on Discovery Channel. I think he could. I saw it on Shark Week. I, I think he could. Like, no, he could not. No chance. No. If a shark, if a shark is committed to catching you in the water, you have no chance. Done. If a grizzly bear is committed to revenanting you, you have no chance. <laughs> you have none. That was a great movie. It, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to hate it. I was ready to hate it. Didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. But I, I, was, I was really, really frustrated by the, the disrespect of the top end speed of the grizzly bear. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Just a to- thank you. It is embarrassing. Yeah. You know what else it is? This is completely BS. It is. It's complete crap. It's, oh, it's a, you know what? It's a complete crap. It is a. It is a. The tweet's still up, crap. by the way. Mm. Just, just spouting. Just take it down. Disinformation. Man. Take it down. Come on. <laughs> Got to be better than that, Kyle. <laughs> One of the things we talked a lot about yesterday was Keegan Murray's importance to the Kings moving forward. Mm-hmm. Not just for for this year. But for the future, like what we're learning about the Kings right now, who's going to fit, who's not. Keegan Murray is that that third guy that they need to start ascending uh, at a higher than he has so far. I think you've seen some improvement from him this year, from year one to year two, but they need to see that that rise, that ascension become a little bit more rapid. And we talked about this yesterday. And you, you, you said his development is the most important thing for the next twenty-five games. Oh yeah, you got to get him going. I, I, I don't think that there's anything else that you should be concentrating on. Like, I mean, you, you got to make win. You got to win. You got to make the playoffs. Right. And your goal, but if you're not looking at this season and, and realizing that the West is just like one giant buzzsaw, and then getting out of the first round of the playoffs is going to be very difficult, and getting out of the second round of the playoffs is nearly impossible, and getting out of the Western Conference Finals is impossible, then you're not watching the game. Yeah. You're just not. You, you're not watching the teams you're competing with. You're not watching what they've done to you in mm-hmm. some of these matchups. Mm-hmm. Like, this is very clear. You need more pieces, but more than that, you need the pieces that you do have to continue to elevate their game. Mm-hmm. And the one guy that you have that can take a meteoric jump, that can go from averaging 15 points a game right now to... 22 next year or something there's only one guy that you have that can do that unless you're just going to give Malik Monk like every opportunity to start him alongside De'Aaron Fox and have like this crazy like battle over the ball and I don't think that works either I don't think that's going to happen no I don't think it's going to happen so Mike Brown heard our discussion apparently clearly (laughs) he talked about it after the game yesterday this is courtesy of NBC Sports yeah you know I've had and I will continue to have conversation with Keegan. We want Keegan to be aggressive uh, uh, because we, we feel like his development is necessary for us to continue our climb as a team. And um, uh, so not just because of tonight, but you know, going forward, uh, I'm always going to tell him, hey, be aggressive. Uh, just because this guy's in the game or that guy's in the game, uh, you go ahead and you take the lead. If you see any opportunity to take advantage of the defense or your defender, uh, we're all for it. Shout out to Mike Brown. We're all for it. 
basically what we said yesterday. But again, this goes to what Kenny said yesterday as part of that conversation. Mike Brown, I'm sure, is in Keegan's ear. And Mike Brown has said in, in podiums at other times this year, the only time I'm going to get upset with Keegan is when he doesn't shoot. Yeah. And now now we, we can talk about the Kings and running plays for him and this and that. But part of the onus is on him as a player. Oh, yeah. And if someone thinks that I'm not saying that, that that's the case, you're crazy. Sure. Like, Keegan Murray is it has a definite responsibility in this whole thing. But, like, even last night, 9 of 17. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I needed to see 12 of 24. Yeah, like a high-volume night. Yeah, I mean, the points that he scored in the late fourth quarter, that's that's fine. And I, I guess it's it's also possible that, you know, the game was just over. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to keep piling on. But this is what he has to do. And and I like when, you know, we call out the Demonis thing, like going back in the game late. But I like that Mike Brown does this, that he puts guys back out in a situation where, like, look, you are the man right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to go out there, Keegan, and I need you to score, score, score. I need you to get in a rhythm. So you're a better player when we go face the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday. Mm-hmm. You're in a rhythm. You're you're ready to go. You're you're the guy that we need to score. Just in case there is no De'Aaron Fox, but even if there is a De'Aaron Fox, we really could still use 22, 24, 26 points from you. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's not that we're you have to push him into something that he's not. It's that you have to push him into something that he's going to be. And I, I think everyone can see where Keegan Murray could go as a player. Yeah, and doing it at the end of the game is is great, but I need that when it's not out of hand. Yeah, totally. That's I, I, the kind of the. the I mean, he was great in the first step. quarter. Great, he was. And when you saw, he goes four. Of, what was it four of eight in the first quarter? Yeah, three or four from three. Um, first quarter he had eleven points, four of eight shooting, three or four from three. Right, and it was like, man, look at there's key. That's, that's what it. You want. But give me that. For all thirty-two minutes you're in the game, thirty-three mm-hmm. minutes you're in the game. Yeah, that's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. And I and I I, I get the dynamic is a little bit different with De'Aaron Fox on the court because he he is so dominant offensively that you want him getting his opportunities. But there are ways that De'Aaron Fox can cook and Keegan Murray can also get shots up. The best version of the Kings. You saw it last night. It's not a coincidence that their best quarter of the game was the one where Keegan Murray was as active as he was all night. Yeah. That is not a coincidence. And on some level, like that, he he needs to to realize that. Like he's not infringing on anybody. He's not stepping on anybody's toes. There's nobody else. There's it is De'Aaron Fox in in two years, ideally. Mm-hmm. The Kings offensive pecking order would be De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray. Bottom like in terms of scoring, like putting the ball in the hoop, like that would be it. But it's it's, and I'm sure Mike Brown would tell you that's what he wants right now. He wants that today. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you get okay, yeah, hey, that's a great quarter. Yes, like eight shots in a quarter, you shoot fifty percent, you're seventy five percent from three, and then just mm. just flat the rest of the way. Yeah, the rest of the the rest of the game, ten minutes. So his other twenty three minutes. He took nine shots, went five and nine, and zero for three from three. Yeah, so he's just five of six on twos. Take more twos. Get the mid range. Yeah, I, I'd um, also point out too, like Sass says here in the, in in the chat, uh, Keegan good. Keegan is good when shots are falling. Herder's good when shots are falling. Barnes good when shots are falling. 
Keegan still provides a lot more. Yes. He does. He provides a lot more when shots aren't falling than the other guys. And it's not about it's not about Keegan being good. Like, of course, every NBA player looks better when their shots are going down, like mm-hmm. for sure. But that's not what this is about. This isn't about Keegan making or missing shots. It's about him taking shots. Yeah. It's about him carving out a bigger role in the offense. And I, I promise you the Kings want the same thing. Because he is supposed to be the third member of a championship-winning core. That is their goal with him and Sabonis and Fox. That's the goal. Yep. And having a dude who, like, yeah, hey, he's going to have stretches where he's shooting it eight or nine times a game and he's scoring five or six points. You know, he's good defensively, though. Pull down some rebounds. Like, no, that's that's a not your third best player. Yeah. He has to grow beyond that. So I thought, uh, as far as Keegan Watch goes... I, I no no levels up for me last night. No, he just kind of a Keegan game. Okay, led the team in field goal attempts. That's great. Yeah, like he just left you points. wanting a little bit more because again, you can't flash that this is who you can be, yeah, and not and not give us and the I, rest of it. You said that a couple times, and I think it's important to to iterate that point a little bit more. I don't want thirty shots. That's a lot. Yeah, there are very few players in the league where you're cool with them taking thirty shots in a game, and but in a game, especially like last night, like last night, twenty three, twenty four, give me, give me, give me something that shows that he's growing toward that player. And I didn't, I didn't really think we got it last night. It was okay. kind of a bummer. I'm with you. Um, and it, it really, yeah, I just go back to it reflected the game. Kings offense really good in the first quarter. Keegan really good in the first quarter. And then when he goes away, they don't. With no De'Aaron Fox, what, who, what, what's next? Yeah, because Sabonis is not the player who's going to be like, yeah, hey, no Fox, I'm going to take over offensively tonight. It's not his game. It's not what he's going to do. Well, that and Kyle, I would, I would say that I've been a staunch supporter of, of leaving Malik Monk on the bench. Right? Mm-hmm. If De'Aaron Fox is gone. I think that not only you have to find somebody that can fill in for his spot, but then just use Malik Monk more as a second unit guy, mm-hmm. right? But in that game specifically, I started feeling like, okay, number one, you don't have somebody else that can step into De'Aaron Fox's shoes. Like whether it's Davion Mitchell or it's, or it's Keon Ellis or it's no. Chris Duarte, you do not have the guy that can step in at all. Nope. And I, I think that that is another critical flaw to this team. The only guy who can play anything like De'Aaron Fox is Malik Monk, but then you don't have anyone to replace Monk with yeah. the second unit. So you really put yourself in this situation where, you know, if you go to your second unit and the only score that you have in the second unit is Trey Lyles, that's a problem. And it's a flaw to this team that mm-hmm. I didn't, you don't think of because, because the Kings have been so healthy. Right, so yeah. when you have a, a group of guys that play almost every single night, you start to lose sight of the fact that there are teams out there that that don't have that same thing, that they have different players on the bench that can do different things, and I think that there is a, a true lack of scoring on the bench. Someone brought up in the chat, well, you know, Sasha's not there, and I I agree that like, look, Sasha would provide something in this situation. I don't know how much. But Sasha is also a player who's very dependent on somebody else getting him in the right spot and and in the right position to score, whether it's on a back cut or whether it's a a three. He's not creating anything for himself. 
And when you go away from De'Aaron Fox, you, or when you don't have De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. you only have one true creator. I mean, Sabonis is a creator, but it's in a different way. Right. You only have one true creator, and that's Malik Monk. There's a difference between creating by holding the ball in the high post and finding cutters and and manipulating the defense and doing that. DHOs. Right. Yeah. And breaking a defense down off the dribble. Yes. And getting into the paint. Those are wildly different things. Yeah. No, totally, totally. And this isn't, like I've said this so many times, but I, I don't have any problems with Davion Mitchell. I think Davion Mitchell, he's a good kid. Um, I, he's a super hard worker. He's he's doing everything in his power to try to be the right guy. And when I watched him play last night, it was just the same exact reminder that it always is. He's just a bad fit for the system that you play. There were so many times where I watched him, and it was almost as if he didn't know the offense with the starters. Yeah, And, and that's that's okay because you play with Malik Monk all the time that plays a different style, mm-hmm. and, and you don't get Domas all the time on the court with you. Yeah. You, you get a Alex Len or a JaVale McGee or even Trey Lyles. But there were so many times where it just looks off. And it's not whether he's hitting a shot or not. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's that he's in the wrong spot all the time. He's doing something that stands out as, you know, like the old, you know, three of these kids are doing the same thing and one of them is doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. You, you're just watching like, hey, it doesn't feel right. And to me, like it instantly while I'm watching, it reminded me of Steve Wilkes. It did How in so? the 49ers because Steve didn't do anything wrong, but it always felt like there was something off that it just doesn't look right. Mm. It doesn't feel right. And you get yeah. to the end of the season, and it's like, I, I don't want to blame you, but I also don't want to not blame you. And at some point, like Steve wasn't able to like manipulate the defense to make it look right. Mm-hmm. And the things that he did do just always had this little bit a little bit wrong. And that's what I look at when I'm watching Davion. And it's mm. like, look, you can, he, I believe he can go somewhere else and really find his ground, his footing in the NBA and, and be mm. a really good player. But that doesn't change the fact that anytime I watch him play substantial minutes with the Kings, unless it's just him being a crazy defender and that's it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get to the other side of the ball, it's just you're just a smidge off of everybody else. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but he just again, square peg round hole. And and I feel for him because it's not like that's what he wants, but it's it's tough to be in the flow when you're not in the game all the time. And mm-hmm. when your your minutes are choppy and when, you know, again, it's it's not a, a type of offense that's designed around you. He's not a read and react player. Mm-hmm. he's not not at all and so like how do you how do you deal with that and and to be honest with you I, I, at the deadline that's why the kings were rumored to look at a guy like uh delon Wright. was you know? it did they do you think a davion mitchell deal didn't happen because there wasn't one available or because they wanted to hang on to him for another half a season and see if there was really try and exhaust all options with him it's a good question because, you know, they started playing him all the time. All of a sudden, you know, he's a huge, huge part of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's not playing like 30 minutes, but there, there's a couple of games where he's played 22, 24 minutes. And, 
you know, again, if I'm the Kings, you know, Patty Mills just got waived by the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. I would be calling Patty Mills' agent. Oh, that'd be great. A 15-year vet, I, I don't care. Knocked out of three? Yeah, but that's, that's, doing. that's the thing. Like, he's going to fit in. He's going to be a, a guy who who knows the job, knows the task at hand, mm-hmm. and whether his skills are diminished or not, he's still probably going to be in the right spot most of the time, and and you're going to take a downgrade on the defensive side of the ball just because Davion's a lot younger. Mm-hmm. But it's still, this team needs that other score. It needs something yeah. else. And I don't know if Patty Mills has anything left in the tank at all, mm-hmm. but if he did, it would make sense to me that he he would be a guy that I would go out and get. And he'd fill the Australian point guard void left by Matthew Dellavedova. Yeah, it's clearly a lack of Australians on this roster. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, it's crucial to have an Australian <laughs> on your team. You know, a I, savvy vet Australian point guard. I firmly believe it's it's Patty crucial. Patty Mills in here at all times to have an Australian on your team. Um, yeah, funny. I I don't know, and and again, I'm not trying to like fan the flames here. Or this isn't James's hot take for the day. Oh no, it's, it doesn't count either way. You're good. Yeah, I'm good either way. Uh, this is my. This is not James's leap year. Uh, like hot take. Mm. I'm just saying, like, look, Bro, you got to figure something out. Watch the, if if I. W- it's apparent watching. That yeah, hey, this isn't. And again, let's let's. This is not about this year. This is not like wow, the Kings can't win a title this year because they have Davion Mitchell. Yeah, that's not no. what it is. But no. when when we when we talk about this team and you you look at them into the future that's kind of what we're doing here mm-hmm. when you start projecting out you're going man there's not a role for a player like Davion Mitchell not Davion Mitchell specifically not him as a person not it's not he's not a bust his it's not go play in in China it's not that it is there is not a role for this type of player in this offense yeah and that's just that's just it. That's that happens all the time on teams. Yeah. Danny Gray, wide receiver with the 49ers. We'll talk about the 49ers coming up a bit. But Danny Gray, Niners drafted him in the third round. They're like, wow, this guy is fast as hell. We are gonna figure out how to use him. And it turns out, you know what? Hey, his skill set just doesn't really fit with what they want to do offensively. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean Danny Gray's a bad player. That doesn't mean he can't go somewhere else and eventually have success. But it looks like, yeah, hey, you know what? He's he, this is not this is not gonna work out. Yeah. That's just that happens sometimes, man. No, I, I totally agree. And and then when I look at the Kings bench, I, I keep wanting like you gotta have something else. You you need another element on the bench that you don't they, have. It is like I was just this you said that right as I was looking down their roster. Because I was going to present like, hey, what if th- what if what about this guy? But it's like when you haven't gone grocery shopping in a while and you keep going to your fridge looking for a snack and you're like, ah, nope. Still nothing. It's not there. It's just it's just shredded cheese and coffee creamer. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just make a cup of coffee. I don't know. Like that's <laughs> no. working in my life. But uh, that's that's how it feels. Like you look at the bench and you go, Malik Monk, heck yeah. Like that's there. Trey Lyles, you see what he's got. And then it's <sighs> like you just And then it's like if you're Mike Brown and you're looking down the bench and you're like, I need something different tonight. I need some sort of energy punch. I need somebody that can go out. I I need a Terrence Davis type guy. Mm-hmm. You look at the bench and you don't have it. And mm-hmm. that's really difficult. It is. It's like you feel like at a certain point that there are times where this team 
is it's not just that they're one major piece away. They're mm-hmm. also come some of these smaller pieces away that that they kind of have glossed over and not really found. Mm-hmm. And you can't just spend all your money all the time and, and go crazy. But what you do need to do is find players that, that could help you in a pinch. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Again, I, I think that's where Sasha Vazenkov, sure. Could he put up 12 points in a game, 14 points, 18 points? Yes, but everything he's going to do is predicated on somebody else setting him up. Mm-hmm. You don't have another creative guy outside of Monk, and nope. it's just a it's sort of the reality of the situation. And when you lose one of your playmakers, there isn't someone else who steps into that role, and you naturally just keep going. How do you feel about Mason Jones? Thirteen minutes last night, he fought hard. He did, dude. Like legitimately, yeah. He played his ass off. Yeah. He went 0 for 3 from the field. He was 0 for 2 from, from behind the arc. Before rebounds, four assists, and just flying around every second he was on the court. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I was well, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to yes. do if you're, yeah. Yes. Now, if they had a, I don't know if Mason is a, is a real scorer. I haven't really looked at what his, his game looks like as far as a G League player and stuff. But for me, um, you know, that's, maybe you could find somebody in the G League. Maybe you can find someone like that, but... You know, like Terrence Davis isn't walking through that door. Uh, he popped his his uh, Achilles and mm. he's done. Uh, but that's a type that I'm talking about where when you do have to go to the bench and you got to go deep to the bench sometimes, you got to be like, hey, I need someone who can go up there and get me 15 points uh, in a different way. They, mm-hmm. The Kings don't have that bucket. Yeah. They need it. Yeah. Badly. We'll talk about that in in the offseason, how they can how they can fix this roster. Right now, we're trying to figure out uh, who belongs, who doesn't, and Keegan Murray's continued growth. We have a Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for you coming up, mm-hmm. and then uh, we sprinkled in a little bit of 49ers talk there with uh, some metaphors. I have a couple trade ideas I want to throw at you. I'm in. It's leap day, which means these don't count. Oh, and that's why I'm going to mention one of them. Let's do only it. because it's leap day and it doesn't count. That's James and Kyle. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 